Fellow travelers, comrades, and brothers and sisters in arms, I'm the Stormy Poet, and welcome to this edition of the Poetic Justice Podcast, where we weaponize the power of literature against injustice. I received an email on my other platform a few weeks back. For those of you who don't know, I have another YouTube channel called the Levels of Love Podcast, where I give relationship advice and where I encourage the listeners to send emails with any questions they might have regarding the topic. One of my listeners, a black man, sent me a question asking what my thoughts were on interracial relationships, being that he and his wife were running into some culturally conflicting issues. I'll put it that way. And they're issues I typically see when a black person is with a non-black person. Now, I thought the situation would serve as a good teaching moment, and in regard to the response I gave, I decided to expound upon it further and share it on this platform. Because the arena of love and relationships does not exist in a vacuum. Systemic racism affects everything we do socially, and that includes how we interact in friendships and in romantic relationships. I've often compared it to gravity. Seldom do we ever actually think or have discussions about the effects of gravity. Gravity just is, and we've accepted it. Yet it affects everything in your life, from the air you breathe, to how close or far away we are from the sun, to how you walk, to how your house is constructed, to the very water coming out of your faucet. The very fact we still classify each other as humans by color in and of itself is complete and utter insanity but the majority of people in the world just simply accept it and we don't talk about it the same way that we don't talk about gravity when it comes to where you can live whom you can or cannot interact with what kind of job you're able to get what you can and cannot say and what kind of quality of life you have is all influenced by the social construct called race a social system that was implemented hundreds of years ago and has been running like a well-oiled machine ever since it's endured for so long and has run with such efficacy, in fact, that it's become normalized in the collective social consciousness, and we simply mold our lives in a manner that adheres to without us giving it a second thought. Now, before I continue, I wanted to make one thing perfectly clear in what I'm about to say. This message is not to condemn anyone who is black, who is in a relationship with a non-black person. My job is simply to provide my people with the information that will be most advantageous in helping them navigate a social environment that is hostile and treacherous to them. We commonly tend to think of committed relationships as being social interactions that would be the safest kind to engage in, when in actuality, it's those who are closest to you who have the ability to harm you the most, and we need to view that aspect through an honest lens. So I'm not here to crucify anyone in that regard. I'm just reporting the current state of affairs. And while I'm not going to do that, I'm also not going to endorse interracial relationships on the basis of getting with someone based on racial preference. The choosing of a partner should be based on traits like character, intellect, compatibility, responsibility, compassion, how effective they are with finances, someone who's passionate about something, and someone who has a desire to constantly keep improving. Only a complete fool puts superficial desires like, I think we'd have really cute mixed babies or dating someone from other races is so exotic as a leading factor in determining whether or not they should interact with someone romantically. And it's a sad reality that there's a sizable contention of black people who think so little of themselves and are of such a low state of self-esteem that they believe getting with someone of another race actually somehow increases their value as a human being. These are the ones who have dedicated their very existence to chasing interracial sexual access, even at the risk of their lives being taken away. You know, like the likes of Christian Umbumseli, the black man who was stabbed and left for dead by his white girlfriend, Courtney Clinney. Here you had some white woman expressing open contempt for this man by beating him in public and calling him all kinds of racial slurs. Yet this guy is up here making tweet after tweet about how ghetto and belligerent black men and women are. Never mind the fact that there were zero black men or women who stabbed him. He met his demise, allegedly, at the hands of his, quote, lover. 
and she was at the bar not long after yucking it up without a care in the world. As a matter of fact, it was black women who called her out for that crap and who brought public pressure to actually help get this domestic abuser slash murderer arrested. Yeah, there's a difference between love being blind and having a self-hatred so entrenched, so very etched in your psyche that you ignore every single warning sign that a woman has utter contempt for you. In his mind, he figured that there's no way that this white woman could be racist if she's sleeping with me. After all, why would someone be in a relationship with me if they didn't like black people? Now, family, that is what I like to call willful naivete at that point. It's been made very clear throughout American history that white women have no problems inducing and pressuring black men into sex, only to turn right around and accuse them of rape, which has resulted in the countless lynchings of black men, whether that be physical murder or by reputation assassination, which is another form of murder. Even in the cases where it's been found that the woman was lying, you even had cases of white women lying about black children either raping them or threatening to do so, which resulted in them being unlawfully incarcerated or even worse, tortured and killed. Shout out Central Park 5 and Emmett Till. Emmett Till, who the white woman responsible for his death, admitted that she lied about him flirting with her and got to live to a ripe old age without being punished for her role in his murder. You had slave masters like Thomas Jefferson who went on to have six children with Sally Hemings, a slave of his. I say willful naivete because black people know good and well that someone who's an anti-black racist can have triple X-rated sex with them all day with a black person and get right out of bed and continue practicing white supremacy. The problem is, though, some of us have such a deep-rooted dislike of ourselves that we see interracial sexual access as gratification to our very existence. It's people like these who either ignore the racist cues their partner is displaying, whether subtle or blatant, or they'll just fully embrace the racist ideology of their partner whether it's of detriment to other black people or themselves. Shout out to Kanye West, who never saw a black woman he'd ever consider marrying. And that just goes to show you, does Kanye West look like he has any respect for himself, or does it look like he despises himself and the people who look like him? Mr. Kanye, slavery was a choice, West. Now, family, that leads me to my next point. Here's an honest question those with non-black partners or spouses that ask themselves. When it comes to standing up for or speaking out against injustice on behalf of black issues, or when it comes to conducting yourself in a certain codified manner in your day-to-day -day life, does being unapologetically black make your partner uncomfortable? Furthermore, do you think they would support and assist you in your cause? If they are the type to get squeamish or put off any time you start talking the way I talk or about the stuff I talk about in this podcast, or if they just leave you to do all that, quote, black stuff over there while they do their white, Latino Asian or whatever stuff over where they're at and they're on that why do you always got to talk about that black stuff tip can you really say that they genuinely love you and that's a mighty damn important thing to consider being that in a relationship with a black person you and your partner need to be on the same page when it comes to how you navigate this climate effectively does your non-black partner know how to keep you safe should you both get pulled over by the police does your non-black partner actually make it a priority, not a hobby, to study black history on at least, uh, if not daily, weekly basis so that they have a clear understanding of your relation to this country? Do they strive to have competent insight into the immense hurdles you face in society every day and an appreciation for the immense struggle it's taken you to overcome those hurdles? Do they have a clear understanding of just how much harder you have to work to achieve the same success as your white counterparts? Do they have an appreciation and reverence for your ancestors, a genuine gratitude to them for literally building the richest nation in the world via hundreds of years of free labor, innovation, architecture, the construction of the infrastructure like the railroad, and doing all this while enduring physical and economic terrorism instituted by the federal government itself? 
Do they have genuine respect for those who you descend from, building the nation they freely enjoy? Do they have genuine respect for you as the descendant of those who exclusively built the nation that they themselves freely enjoy, whatever ethnicity they are? And do they have a genuine appreciation for you as a human being? Because when it comes to non-black men and women of other ethnicities, in many cases, they don't enter relationships with black men and women because they desire to love us holistically. Look, the culture we as black men and women have created, particularly freedmen, is nothing short of mesmerizing and mind-blowing, so much so that it's adopted all around the world. When it comes to aspects of our culture like music, food, dance, swagger, sports, dialect, and even medicine, non-black people all around the world have either emulated it or outright ripped it off. All that to say, we innovate some pretty amazing things other groups enjoy experiencing. Here's the problem so many black people fail to understand, though. These other groups compartmentalize when it comes to liking things that black people create versus liking black people as human beings themselves. Colin Kaepernick is one of the most famous examples of that. He was adored by the San Francisco 49er fan base and organization. But all he did was simply take a knee. He didn't call out white supremacy outright like I'm doing. He didn't commit any acts of violence. He didn't even stop playing for the team. Yet he was vilified by the 49er fan base as well as the white media on both the left and the right just for taking a knee. What pissed off white people so much had nothing to do with him, quote, disrespecting the flag. What made them angry was that he forced them to look at his humanity as a black man. They were only concerned about the experience he could provide them, nothing more. Oftentimes, non-black men and women get with the black partner based on the same premise. Not because they want to accept or support you mind, body, and soul as a full human being, but because they like your swag, or because they see being with the black guy is edgy or trendy, or because they're trying to rebel against their family, shout out Prince Harry, or because your culture is a change of pace from the ordinary for them. But there lies the problem. They like you for the thrill ride you can provide. They don't give a damn about you as a human being, nor do they care about the well-being of those who look like you. It's just like when it comes to an amusement park. It certainly is fun to visit, but there's absolutely no way anyone would ever want to live there. So, inevitably, once the thrill has exhausted itself and the exoticness has worn off, it's back to the familiarity of their own culture and their own men and women they go. That's why I always thought the whole once you go black, you never go back notion was damn ridiculous. The white woman I dealt with back in my younger 20s was married to a hardcore right-wing back-to-bad zealot last time I checked. The majority of the time, non-black women who experiment with black men end up back with the men of their own races or with white men. The older a woman gets, the more she begins valuing things like familiarity, which is why she begins gravitating back to the culture she's already experienced with. With the culture that's worked best for her up until that point, and that doesn't have to, quote, deal with all that black stuff. When it comes to white men, the centuries of theft, kidnapping, rape, destruction, torture, lying and outright genocide their forefathers carried out has calcified the wealth in their community and has locked black men out of it. Thing is, though, there is no part of female nature that tells them to question how a man achieved his wealth. They don't question nor will they ever investigate if some white man directly or indirectly was afforded the economic and professional opportunities he has obtained through the generational pain and suffering of others. Shout out Elon Musk, who got his inheritance via apartheid. Female nature says to pick the winner and to not question how they got to the finish line first. So that's why I say, or with a white man. That's part of the reason you see so many Asian women with white men. It's actually considered a level up if you can get with a white man in many Asian communities. All that said, family, I could never condemn a black person for being in a relationship with someone non-black. And for the record, I'm sure there are some interracial couples out there who get busy and make progress against systemic white supremacy. Problem. Those are far and in between. I can't name them, nor have I ever met one. 
I'm not exaggerating about that, folks. I bet you haven't either. While there certainly are non-black people willing to get in a relationship with someone and who are willing to go to war with anti-black racism, the thing is, they're far and in between. There's no groundswell of non-black people doing that. And that's just me acknowledging reality. And we as black people have to accept that as reality when it comes to who we choose as a mate. If for nothing else, we need our mate to be fully aware of the specific challenges we face so they can most importantly inform our very offspring on how to survive living in a society that is targeting them on every front. Even if you are in a relationship with another black person, you should hold your mate or potential mate to those exact same standards. Because what in the heck good does it do to be married to another black person We are in a marriage with the likes of a Ben Carson, a Herman Cain, or a John Lewis and their wives? All that to say, I don't condemn interracial relationships, nor would I cancel a black person that's in one. However, out of precaution, it would make logical sense for me to question that black person's intentions of being in one. The same applies to a white person that's in a relationship with someone non-white. Are you in that relationship out of genuine admiration and attraction to that person holistically? Or are you in one because of a deep-rooted self-hatred? Now, before any of you come out to me saying, TSP, it's absolutely none of your business what two people have going on in their relationship. Actually, it is my business who you choose to be with, because that says a lot about you as a person. And who you are as a person lets me know how I should interact with you. Because non-white people with anti-black sentiments, whether self-hatred based or not, can have real world negative consequences. Want an example? Justice Katanji, I don't know what a woman is, Jackson, who, as a federal judge in the Ross versus Lockheed Martin Corp class action lawsuit, struck down a $28 million settlement proposal by Lockheed to 5,500 mostly black class members and refused to certify the class action claims of racial discrimination. Her conduct in the ruling was so appalling in terms of her dismissiveness and delays to do so that the first black federal judge of Alabama, Judge U.W. Clement, who's retired now, wrote a letter directly to President Joe Biden requesting him not to consider Katanji in selecting a Supreme Court justice, stating, quote, The Ross case was brought as a 2016 class action on behalf of 5,500 black workers of Lockheed Martin Corporations, the nation's largest federal contractor. Before filing the lawsuit, lawyers for the black plaintiffs negotiated a settlement with Lockheed Martin, which provided for a reformed evaluation system, the cornerstone of pay and promotion decisions, and $22 million is to be distributed to the black workers. When the lawyers presented the settlement to Judge Jackson, she incredibly refused to approve the settlement because, in her view, there were no common factual questions. Then, more incredibly, she denied the plaintiffs their fundamental right to take discovery of Lockheed's Martin's books and records as they sought to prove the class action status. Finally, by taking 54, stating, quote, the Ross case was brought as a 2016 class action on behalf of 5,500 black workers of Lockheed Martin Corporations, the nation's largest federal contractor. Before filing the lawsuit, lawyers for the black plaintiffs negotiated a settlement with Lockheed Martin, which provided for a reformed evaluation system, the cornerstone of pay and promotion decisions, and $22 million is to be distributed to the black workers. When the lawyers presented the settlement to Judge Jackson, she incredibly refused to approve the settlement because, in her view, there were no common factual questions. Then, more incredibly, she denied the plaintiffs their fundamental right to take discovery of Lockheed's Martin's books and records as they sought to prove the class action status. 
Finally, by taking 54 days to issue her memorandum opinion accompanying her order denying class certification, she effectively aborted plaintiff's right to appeal her class certification decision under Rule 23F of the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure. That's what I mean by real-world consequences. She's clearly adopted the ideology of her husband. It is a form of deep-seated self-hatred and psychiatric dysfunction to choose a partner primarily based on racial preference. It is a sickness and an illness that is detrimental to both yourself and the black community as a whole. It's the black people who are of this mindset that have thwarted slave rebellions, who've acted as FBI informants to infiltrate civil rights organizations, and who've supported and enacted political policies against us politically. So these interracial fetishes and preferences have real-world consequences. Their effects aren't just relegated to the bedroom. And all that to say, when it comes to what person you're going to spend the rest of your life with, that person should be selected based on qualities that supersede fetishes or racial preferences. Racial preferences are the product of indoctrination, one which we've all been subjected to. But it's our responsibility and duty as a people to unlearn certain programming and to learn the value of who we really are. Only choose a partner because you desire to love them holistically, not because they do or do not look like you. And only love them in that manner if it's reciprocal. That love needs to be accepting of unapologetic blackness. Anything and everything else is not love. It's just superficial. One love and one justice. The Stormy Poet.